Drop the subject. Yes, you've come to the right place if you are looking for Drop the Subject. I'm Allie, a shrill lesbian, and Dr. James Simmons is a nurse practitioner shrill with a lesbian. bald head and a dream. <laughs> uh, <and> you're also <laughs> also a shrill lesbian. No, with a with a bald head, a set of tortoise shell glasses, and a dream. Oh, you do have some nice glasses. Uh, I'm excited for the show today. I was a uh, we were chatting yesterday just back and forth briefly because you were on your way back from Palm Springs. You know, yesterday, if you missed it, we did the show while James was in Palm Springs. And uh, what a weekend to go. I mean, the hottest weekend on record for quite some time. And then you decided, no, 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 that's not hot enough. I'm going to drive through some wildfires on my way home. <laughs> right. I do have to say thank you, by the way, too, because um, we have lots of listeners in Palm Springs for the lovely, your love, lovely accommodations of and your lovely town with all kinds of things going on, of which I did none. <laughs> this was very... Yeah. We, but you hung out in the power lesbian's house, We literally is right, Power lesbian house in the casita pool back and forth. I did go to the Ralph's. Um, a couple of Ralphs, and that was about it. But I was like, I'm not. We're not going anywhere. We're not doing anything in Palm Springs because we're not going to be those people. But on the way home, correct, as if 121 wasn't hot enough. We're driving past. It is like every single city we got to. There was a fire. There was like Rialto, Yucapai, Yucaipa. Yukaipa, yep. Yukaipa, okay, yep, Yukaipa. There was like, and then we just like kept going, and then like something downtown San Bernardino was on fire, and then we just kept, there was, and then we get to our house. In L.A., like in the city, and there's ashes still falling on our car. It was really, really, really insane, Allie. And then come to find out, we heard the cause the cause of the biggest fire that we went past. Yeah, and it was an explosive gender reveal. And if I were to say I was surprised, <laughs> that would not be accurate. Um I think that there are a lot of things, you know, that that I can be against in the hetero community, but gender reveals are right up there. I, I don't know how these got so out of hand, but I thought many people died from taking selfies. Now I feel like gender reveals is about to surpass it. The amount of dangers and injuries that have happened from, from gender reveals, I'm sure has spiked over a thousand percent in the last five years. Have you seen any injuries er injuries that have come through because of this <laughs> specifically from gender reveal no i have seen baby shower incidents though but that's a whole other story but the <laughs> I, I just shower have incidents. really fundamental issues with gender reveal in in general Do, can, yeah can like we, revealing the baby's gender right. in general like yeah first of all no one cares nobody cares and you shouldn't care either, right? I, I don't understand. And this is also the whole baby wedding industry. You guys, know, I've talked about this before, y'all. Excuse me. How I don't. My whole issue with like getting married to Chris in the first place is that I don't want to spend two hundred thousand dollars for everybody else. Like it's not about us. Same thing with the gender reveal. It's actually has nothing to do with your child or really with you and your partner. It has everything to do with like putting on a party and all this cute stuff and taking all these pictures and do, and the commercialization of like creating life. I'm just not for it. And then also, why are we celebrating one way or the other? What if your child ends up being non-binary? Like, what are we popping off yellow confetti now? And it doesn't in this world where we're trying to push towards the fact that like gender actually doesn't really matter and shouldn't. Why are we then celebrating differences in gender? Why are we spending all this money? Why are we polluting the environment? And then why are we setting off massive wildfires because of it? It's just stupid. It's stupid. Well, and I thought that we were making progress when they started mixing the aisles at Target. That was the moment that I was like, oh, okay, we're getting past the blue is for boys, girls, yeah. girls wear pink mentality. Uh, you know, I grew up wanting G.I. Joes. I played with those little green army men. I also collected trolls, which was kind of a gray area, but I was mainly <laughs> into the boy things. Uh -huh. And I always went to the boys section and it was blue and black and silver and, and army was, green. And oh. then as soon as you go to the girls aisle, it's all pink all day. And I thought that there was progress being made when they decided to make those a little more interchangeable. But the gender reveal has made sure that all of us stay <laughs> As binary as, as possible as when we are revealing the gender of a baby. And you are absolutely right, James. How many people actually care? Think about the wheel of friends and family that you have in front of you. Who are the people that you would actually care are having a boy or a girl? Like maybe three. But, and I don't even think that they're actually going to care. Like, do you honestly, do you really think that? 
Like, do you go to a gender reveal party and then be sad when it's a boy? Like, no, you're happy either way because you should be. But this is, I get behind this whole, like the made upness of it, like Valentine's Day, for instance, is solely a made up ho- uh, hospital holiday to get for the flower and card market. Like all of this is just made up so that you can spend more of your hard earned money. By the way, you're about, isn't it? What's the statistic? Most kids cost their parents $1 million by the time they get to age 18. Why start before they're born? Like you don't need to spend money on the kid right now. You want to, you know what? Go get yourself a yellow, blue and pink cake if you really want to and eat the whole damn thing. And then that's it. Like you don't need to be burning down half of Southern California just because you wanted to pop off some damn fireworks. I just, it, it, it enrages me. So I think it is the dumbest thing. And then to hear that this fire that we drove past that was like, no joke, by the way, like a big deal. And you could see blue smoke. I was like, oh, yeah. it was a boy. Yeah, you could. And you could see the flames from the from the road. Like it was insane. So whatever. People are probably going to be all at me on social media now because I went crazy about like hating gender reveal parties. But if there was not enough of a reason now that we have paid however many millions of dollars of taxpayers money to put out this fire that's still raging, by the way. Well, gender neutral reveal parties, maybe we should make those a thing. And it's just strictly cake, just cake with innocuous colors inside of it that are just delicious. Like a whole, like a big rainbow cake, like dump a bunch of fruity pebbles inside of a cake and then just eat <gasps> it's like all the colors. That is a great idea. Well, I actually think that pretty soon they're going to make these things illegal because fireworks are illegal. And that was a firework. <laughs> right. So I don't know what kind of gender reveal loophole they found, but they're going to have to close that up real fast. Speaking of close it up, uh, Jace, Jace, Jesse wants us to um, take a break. So we're going to take a break. <laughs> and when we come back, I will share a story about something on a school bus uh, that may or may not have to do with feces. We'll be right back. What? Allie. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Seatbelts, everyone! Please let this be a normal field trip with a friend. No way! Cruising on down Main Street, you're relaxed and feeling good. Next thing that you know, you see it. Octopus in the neighborhood, surfing on the sound wave, swinging through the stars. Take a left at your intestine, pick your second life that's more than a magic school bus. Yeah, that'll get you in the mood for back to school. Allie and James, Drop the Subject is the name of the show if you're just checking us out. Welcome. Happy to hear from you at all times at DTS Show on our Twitter and on our Instagram. I bring you some magic school bus action because the story I'm about to bring to you on the airwaves of Channel Q is related to school buses. And, you know, people are getting back to school. You're seeing all of the sad back to school photos of just people in their beds with their pajamas on holding up a sign saying it's my first day of second grade (laughs) but there are schools that are doing in-person classes and that means having to uh you know get the kids to and from school via school buses so some of these school bus drivers are getting back to back at it back to the grind as they say and you know one thing that i've noticed going back into the work buildings uh at, at at our at our lovely studios at intercom communications here in la is you walk down the halls and you kind of get a whiff every once in a while of like a mystery smell. And you're like, that I know is someone's banana that they left in like March. Oh, nice. You know, like there are just little things that are hidden that have just gone untouched for probably six months now. (laughs) And it's no different on school buses, which is why I bring you this story that comes out of West Palm Beach. Take a listen. Some Palm Beach County school bus drivers feel like they're going into the school year blind. If our buses are not safe, it doesn't matter how safe these schools are. Concerns came to light during Wednesday's school board meeting. We came back to work and the buses were dirty. They had dead animals on them. Okay, so you have taken some time off. You got a much longer summer break than you anticipated. Actually, I think for some it was like a 150-day spring break. And you get back to school and you get on your bus, which I I don't know if if it's just like a one-size-fits-all bus and then you just kind of rotate or if it's like you get assigned your bus for the whole year. But imagine getting on your bus and being greeted with not alive animals that are cute and fu- and and cuddly, uh, but dead animals on the bus seats. How, and like, what is that reaction? Like, you're probably freaking out anyway because you're like, I am 
going to be passed by every single child who's getting on and off of this bus, however many times repeatedly every day. So you're probably already freaked out a little bit. And then you're like, okay, well, at least I can get my bus set up and I'll put up a little shield and I'll do my health. Oh, never mind. There's a dead possum or 12 and all of the dead possum whatnot that happens Four bus drivers who did not want to reveal their identities also say their buses were not clean when they returned to work for a mock route run last week. My bus also had feces and urine on it. (laughs) Oh, no. Whoa. Hey, I'm that's not just that lady. Okay, mine had feces and urine on it. And she goes on. One provided these photos, she says, of animal urine and feces on the bus seats. The school district says all the buses were sanitized prior to the mock run with equipment shown in videos provided by the district. Chief Operating Officer Wanda Paul admitted one of the bus depots has a raccoon problem. Oh, no. Well, Uh a raccoon problem. I just don't understand how they could go through the entire they they claim that they have already cleaned the buses. So they all know they're all clean and ready to go for you. Have at it. And you walk in and it's feces and urine. And this is one of those, right? We talk about this all the time in the hospital. Like when things go wrong, we look at the system, the culture, right? Like this bigger, whatever. This was literally though somebody was like, okay, I need the paperwork for buses one through 50. Got it. Okay. Give me 50 through a hundred, hundred through hundred. And someone's just throwing paperwork at them and someone missed buses, you know, 151 through 200. And those buses did not get cleaned at all. All the rest of them probably are, you could eat off of the floors, right? (laughs) They probably did get cleaned, but just someone's paperwork system or whatever, or like, you know, Cheryl was feeling kind of lazy or she had to get home to get the kids because they were alone and it was 459. And she's like, I'll come back and clean 151 through 200 tomorrow. And that didn't happen. And boom, that's how you get a feces bus. And And this is how you get a feces story on the news. I'm not going to say that buses in general don't have feces and urine on them. Be- but leave the kid, give the kids that opportunity. All right, uh, don't leave it Allie up to the animals. Johnson. No, you knock it off right now. Children would never do such a thing. Uh, Cut it out. Oh, come on. <laughs> never. Are you kidding me? Oh, worst, no. day, for, worst first day of school I ever had was I had a bloody nose on the bus. And I do believe they had a lot of scrubbing involved after I got off. Anyway, Aww. when we come back, that's all right. CSI scene. Yeah, it was not good. When we come back, what do we have going on for you? Oh, that's oh. right. We are going to talk about some of the horrible, horrible advice that celebrities have given you about your health. And we're going to quiz James on it when we come back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. The Drop the subject with Allie and James. That's right. It's Wednesday. We love hearing from you. If you have missed anything up until now, the good news is that there's a podcast so you can get caught up at any old time. You can even tell your lovely robot lady who runs your household to put on Channel Q and she will do just that. Or she can put on the podcast for you, whatever you so choose. Right now, I'm going to test the mind of Dr. James Simmons, nurse practitioner, who gives good advice, good medical advice often, both on and off the air. Not great. It's not great. You don't think it's great. It's Allie. It you is don't. You just think it's good. Exemplary, yeah, thought, fantastic. Oh, okay. Uh, you are an employed doctor, so I don't <laughs> think I need to elaborate. You're like I don't. I don't need to know. I need you to beef up my ego, Allie. I'm kidding. All right. All right. Get, well, all of those acronym letters after your name should do that for you. <laughs> Very good. No, it just means I have a big student loan bill. That's all. <laughs> That's true. I am going to give you the name of a celebrity and you are going to guess what bad medical advice that celebrity has given. Uh I'll start off with an easy one. Uh Uh-huh. Is this going to be as bad as dark web, internets, whatever? No, 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 no. There might be a couple mentions of snake oil, which I'm sure you can buy on the dark web. But for example, Jenny McCarthy, I'm sure you can gather what bad medical advice she's given to people she's such an anti-vaxxer she tells people not to give vaccines because she's still despite the massive amounts of evidence still doubles down on the fact that vaccines cause autism which they do not well, yeah, there's not enough evidence pointing either direction, right? Is that so? Oh, no, there's lo- no, we're, we wait because everyone freaked out and was like, okay, well, study, 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 there's study, an uptick study, in study, autism. Study. So let's study it. If people are claiming this, no, there's a ton of a research out now, all in the last about 10 years or so, which is what makes this so obnoxious. That is very, very clearly, there's no association. It's it's like being like all people who have white cars will get cancer because some people who have cancer have white cars. Well, no, you can't blame white cars for cancer. 
It just happens to be that white is the most popular color of car. And in the United States, at least lots of people get cancer. Like there's no association. It's a coincidence. Hmm. What about Tom Cruise? What bad medical advice do you think he's given to the masses? Because there are a lot of options there. There are. I think probably, I don't he's a Scientologist, right? So a lot of times Scientologists are not big on going to get medical care. So I might say... Very close. Yeah. It's uh, anti-psychiatry. Oh. He's against psychiatry. He's against antidepressants. And uh, uh. he dismisses the use of drugs to treat postpartum depression specifically, which is not his problem. <laughs> so I don't know why he, he can't. Why? Right. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Um, Barf. Okay. This is a tough one. Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh. What kind of bad medical <laughs> advice do you think she's given? And don't say all of goop. She did have people putting jade eggs inside of... Inside of their hoo-hahs. Their hoo-hahs, yeah. So, and I don't think that's a... Kegels are a real thing and like pelvic floor rehab is a thing for people who need that like whatever but just like randomly the jadeness of the device going in the hoo-ha was not doing anything so that's the one i'm gonna go with no 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 you're wrong 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 but i would qualify i would count that under other circumstances but the one according to this ranker list is uh she doesn't understand how melanoma works. And her medical advice was that sun can't be bad for you because, quote, sun is the sun. How can it be bad for you? So she said, we think I think we should all get sun and fresh air. I don't think anything that is natural can be bad for you. So that is just <gasps> I a don't so think weeping general. That is natural. Arsenic is also natural, but it's bad for you. I can't. Yeah. I can't. There you go. Stop taking your medical advice from Gwyneth Paltrow. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about somebody who people often go to for medical advice? Dr. Oz. Oh. Oh, this has to be one of his things that he was selling. You said snake oil earlier. So something. He's always tied to selling something. Some sort of snake oil thing. Like, clean out your gut. Or like, you know, like, this will be bad, great for your immune system. Or he had some weight loss thing, too. I don't know. One of those things. It's got to be something like yeah, that. Yeah, you you pretty much nailed it. Um, He promoted this green coffee bean a- extract uh, that was going to help uh, people lose weight without dieting or exercise. Of course. The magic pill. The magic pill. Yes, he was selling the magic pill. And not only was the st- he I guess he cited a study and the study got completely debunked. And he had to testify at a Senate hearing. <laughs> And the company uh, behind the coffee bean study had to pay three and a half million dollars in a big ass settlement. Nice. Good. Don't lie. Um, yes. And then finally, Giselle Bundchen. What do you think she... Well, supermodels can do no wrong in our society, Alex, That's in true. our culture. That's true. So, um, oh my gosh, Giselle. Okay. So, well, she's married to Tom Brady and Tom Brady is really big on like that particular diet that doesn't, you can't eat nightshades. So like eggplants... Uh, mm. tomatoes things like that no so no nightshades so probably something along that line like probably something of a like don't eat something because it you'll like live forever if you don't eat whatever she's another anti anti sunscreener <laughs> i didn't oh, know there were so many of them anti sunscreen what you got she against called sunscreen? Sun, she called sunscreen poison she revealed that she avoids sunblock and only exposes herself to the sun before 8 a.m uh, so if you know where they live and you want a good peep, just get up, set your alarm and get up early. But she thinks that sunscreen is a poisonous to the skin, even though they do help our skin, as you well know, James. Well, and there are sunscreens that are bad, that have all kinds of crap in them. But on the whole, so you just go buy a sunscreen that doesn't have the crap in it. Like this is use your brain, please, people. And just because Giselle Bunchen doesn't like to use sunscreen and can live a life where she can only see the sun before 8 a.m., like doesn't mean that that's the rest of us, right? When you go to Target, just look at the ingredients on the back and get the one that's the most natural. There Boom. you go. Advice from a real medical professional. We'll be back with more Drop the Subject after this. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. Allie and James. We certainly hope that uh, you have recovered. You know, I feel like, Allie, the... the Tuesday, like yesterday, like the Tuesday after Labor Day is one of the hardest days of the year. Like it's just hard. It's like is it okay? That 3rd. one felt hot. not not the show part. Like I enjoyed doing the show with you thoroughly, but it was just kind of a a, a day yeah. that really took a lot out of me. Even if you get the three days off, yeah. I just think I think there's everyone was like probably drinking on Saturday and maybe a little bit on Sunday. And then there's something about like they're here, the weather was so hot. And then I don't, you just know you go back, right? There's nothing coming up. There's no built in breaks 
until like Thanksgiving technically. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you're just like, Oh man, I got like three full months where there's like, gotta work. Like it's back to the zoom back in house. Like, I don't know. Kids are going back to school. It's just a weird time. It's going to be all political for the next two months. And I feel like everyone was just a little blech. Yeah. Yesterday. Agreed. Like, yeah. Um, speaking of drinking over the weekend, by the way, your researchers are now coming out with a really, really interesting, and I have lots of thoughts about this, Allie, I hope you do too, but a really interesting new feature for your fancy phone, for that $1,000 phone in your pocket. They have figured out a way for your phone to be able to tell if you are drunk. Now, I don't want to immediately say boo, buzzkill phone, boo, but because I'm not usually want someone who cares about phones, knowing what I'm doing, knowing where I am, listening to me. Uh, I mean, I pray that anyone's listening to me still. <laughs> Please, I hope my phone is one of them. Then sh- thank you. But <laughs> what I don't want is my phone to shame me. And if my phone mm. is going to alert me that I've had one too many whiskeys and I'm now walking like a saloon owner, then I would like to turn that notification off. Yes. And I, well, the, Researchers at University of Pittsburgh, they just published this research that said, Allie, with 93% accuracy, they can tell if you are intoxicated just by how you're walking. So Just I'm by not how sure. your phone is in your pocket, yep. sl- like, sloshing as about. As you're like sousing around, you're just like, whatever, you think you're walking straight, but you're not really, and you're probably honestly doing your words and stuff, like, let's get tacos, you guys, like all of that stuff. But apparently now they've figured out a way that your phone can tell what that is, that gentle rocking motion of the drunk walk, the famous <laughs> drunk walk. And they're what they're hoping to do is sort of match this up with like people who have maybe problematic drinking. Or if you're like my phone unlocks my car. So if I'm drunk walking towards my car, then maybe my my phone won't let me open up my car so that I'm not drunk driving. Yeah, but can't you do but 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 what if you're a passenger? Um, that's the next research study. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, well, University of Pittsburgh, I need you to have these answers. Now, I, I do you think, it out. I mean, I'm, you just need to figure it out. But I do, I, I do love, okay, so I think this is where really, it's very interesting that we're both, uh, we're kind of opposite on this because I hate that my phone and this stupid Siri thing, pod thing in my house and like everything is listening to and watching me all the time. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. But this, I think, could really be sort of interesting in terms of like there are so many injuries and deaths caused by excessive alcohol use. Of course. That maybe if there's maybe your phone can shame you a little bit or maybe if it notices you're drunk walking, it can just be like, hey, here's the um, lift. Hey, girl, app. have some water. Yeah, that's what I like, want. I want it to just like poop out a little glass of water for you. <laughs> just poop, or it could be like, "There's a convenience store right there with some water." One of your friends is actually just three blocks away, and here's the Lyft app in case you want to ride home. You know, like maybe it'll, it won't shame you; it'll just uh, support you to get home safely. Yeah, that's fine. I also don't necessarily need the gate of my walk to. Sh- to my my phone should probably know that I'm drunk just based on my search history. I'm looking for the nearest Taco Bell. <laughs> And that makes it very clear that I am no longer sober. How much have you had to drink? Like that just like flashes up on your phone. Yeah. It's just like, hey, 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 do you want to go to a Taco Bell cantina? And I'm like, yes, I do. (laughs) Or it's like the Amber Alert noise. um, Right. Where the. (laughs) 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 Lesbian in a green Tercel. Um, all right, we're, herself. we're talking to Dr. John Paul about Trump's BS ban on diversity training. Oh, we'll geez. get into it, into the nitty gritty with Dr. John Paul, our favorite social educator and a writer and activist, an incredible human being. Dr. John Paul joins us next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, I am just thrilled right now because I have not seen the face of Dr. John Paul or heard your voice in way too many weeks. I'm glad that it's Wednesday. I'm glad that we are talking to Dr. John Paul yet again. Welcome back to the show, Dr. John Paul. Last time you were on, you had Dr. James all to yourself, and now you have to share again. <laughs> yes, we love sharing. Sharing's caring. That's true. Sure. Sharing is caring, ain't it? It, it is. It still is after all these years. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of sharing, you know who doesn't like to share is the current president of the United States. And I hate to bring him up already, but there was uh, <laughs> something that he did over the Labor Day weekend that 
continues to stun many, many people. He placed a ban on diversity training in federal agencies. So just no more diversity training. And his specific words were federal agencies cease and desist from using taxpayer dollars to fund these divisive un-American propaganda training sessions. So, Mm -hmm. Dr. John Paul, this is a field that you have a wealth of knowledge in, a wealth of experience in, and I thought we could just talk about why do you think he would do something like this? I know when we were talking off the air, you mentioned this idea of grasping at straws. So why don't we start there? Yeah, so, you know, I think the thing is that folks have to recognize is that I think because this presidency and anyone who ultimately voted for this presidency recognized that so many people are being educated on the systems that are basically happening at this moment and are ultimately utilizing the things that they're learning, right? So they're holding people to task. They are boycotting. They're striking. Like, I don't know if anyone knows, but today a lot of educators are striking in higher education and basically saying we are not going to be teaching our traditional ways. We're going to be teaching about Blackness and we're going to be teaching about Black rights movement, things of that nature, right? Like people ultimately, they have all of this information at their disposal and they're utilizing this information to basically get the word out for other folks to be basically enlightened. And so when I use the terminology or when I say that folks are grasping at straws at this moment to uphold white supremacy, this is just another way, another faction of how this is taking place. But if I can put a barrier in place of getting this information to the people, then it helps to keep people uninformed. It helps to keep people not in the know about what's happening, right? And I always throw it back to the way that slavery worked, right? I always like to ask people, what was the number one reason why they didn't want slaves to read? Why? Why? Why, why, did, why didn't we want slaves to read? Because then they would understand how crappy they were being treated? Exactly. So if we give people the (laughs) information, (laughs) yeah, if we give people the information, yeah, you you get an A. Um, If you give people the information and you help them comprehend what's happening to them, then ultimately they start to become enlightened and they wake up and they go, oh, wait, we need to change this. And so one of the things that's happening in a lot of these diversity, and I put quotations around diversity because as we know, diversity and equity are not the same thing. What we find is even just in diversity conversations, we're seeing black, brown, marginalized people in these places going, wait, people are getting paid more. People are being treated better. People are being offered better opportunities. And I want those opportunities and I'm not going to work if I don't get it. So I really do feel like we have a presidency that's doing anything and everything that it can to uphold white supremacy, even if it means doing something as silly as banning a diversity train. And what I think is so interesting about this, the, the Office of Management and Budget on Friday, their director, Russell Vogt, said, These specific words, these types of trainings not only run counter to the fundamental beliefs for which our nation has stood since its inception, but they also engender division and resentment within the federal workplace. So they are taking these very specific words and quite literally turning it around. This is the definition of gaslighting, right? This is the definition of when those individuals and those systems that are in power start to your term grasping at straws to do anything they can when they start to see their systems of power that benefit them starting to, I won't say crumble, but people are starting to become to crack, right? Mm -hmm. Those walls are cracking. People are starting to become awake to that. And I think what's really powerful about this is that this directive comes down for federal agencies to stop doing this. So not a corporate environment, but There are so many environments, including higher education, Mm -hmm. that receive federal funds. And I feel like the next step in this could be, well, if you receive a certain amount of federal funds, you're not going to be able to continue to hold trainings like this. And what is that going to do in institutes of higher learning, which is sometimes the first place where people encounter others, right? Mm -hmm. People you hear, I went to school in small town in Iowa. You hear people all the time. Oh, I didn't see black people. till I went to school. I didn't meet gay people. till I went to school. 
And now there's a threat that those types of diversity and inclusion and equity trainings could not happen on higher education. And what's even more interesting about this, as we're talking about the ways that everyone's going to be impacted by this, what I find to be so interesting is just the idea of people saying these were, (laughs) I keep going back to this idea of like the American values, right? This goes against the American values. Well, what does it say about the American values that you don't want inclusion or you don't want conversations around race, gender, equality to be done in any quote unquote federal space? Like that for me is where my mind is trying to wrap around. What does it say about the American values? What does it say about us as American people that we're ultimately saying we don't want to have conversations around equity and inclusion in our federal workplace? Well, right. It makes because it makes white people feel uncomfortable. Yep. <laughs> and that, and then as soon as they feel uncomfortable, their first instinct is to put it back on people of color to be like, this is making me feel bad and this is making me feel out of place. This is reverse racism or whatever. Correct. Which you know, doesn't exist. But yeah, which doesn't right. Exist, which doesn't right. exist. But as soon as white people are not made to be the center of the story or are made to feel uncomfortable or threatened, they get angry and defensive. And these are the kinds of things that we see as a result of that. We're going to take a break. We're going to continue talking to Dr. John Paul about diversity training and Trump's asinine ban. Um, but we're going to talk about diversity training in general, how it's effective and how it could be better when we come back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and James. We're talking to Dr. John Paul, an incredible educator. And you can find Dr. John Paul at Dr. John Paul. Did I get that right? Yep. Okay, great. And uh, you can see their TED Talks on their website, all kinds of amazing things. Uh, We're talking about diversity training because uh, the president of the United States has issued a ban on diversity training in federal agencies. People are calling, they're saying that the system is, quote, inherently racist, which is absolutely laughable. But you've been involved in diversity within the education system, within the workplace for quite some time. Do you feel it can improve? Do you feel like it's received well when people are asked to do diversity training in their workplaces? Just what has your experience been with diversity training in general Is it effective and how can it be better? It depends on who's the one that's doing it. And so I always like to go back to the idea of like, where do we begin? Where do we start? What is our basis for having these kinds of trainings? I know for me in the last couple of months and the work that I've been doing, and I think the reason why I'm being called to do a lot more work is because I've centered a lot of my work in and around conversations around anti-racism and what does anti-racism mean? And then building out from this other idea of how anti-racism is connected back to all of the other pieces, right? You know, homophobia phobia, sexism, patriarchy, all these other pieces. Doing it from that lens, for me specifically, has been very much more effective because I'm helping people understand what power means and how power actually works in systems. And when I say systems, what I mean are are structures where a lot of white people hold power, right? So entertainment, thinking about education, all of these different uh, facets. But do diversity trainings work? At this day and age, we're getting a lot of people who are learning a lot through the internet, through, you know, the words of people and folks who they follow. And diversity, I think, has become a buzzword in a lot of ways. I think people are wanting to go further than that. Diversity trainings are good for people who are just starting. But at the end of the day, I think that when we say we're banning diversity trainings, it's not specifically the information that I think Trump is trying to stop. What I think is they're trying to stop the conversation. They're trying to stop this idea of what I like to call the group think and the group learning. They're wanting people to kind of stay where they are because, again, they're trying to do the best that they can to make sure that these power structures are locked in where they are. There are literally the Office of Management and Budget actually has budget, budget actually <laughs> has a very specific directive to cancel any diversity, inclusion, and equity program trainings that teach white privilege or critical Mm -hmm. race theory, Yeah, which would eliminate everything, all of the work that you're doing and the work that you're being asked to do by very, very high level professional sports organizations, large, massive entertainment media companies, et cetera. And so I think that for those listening that might be a little bit scared, that might still be in that place of like, okay, we had the, the great, the summer that I'm calling the great white awakening. And we're having all of these things going on. What's that first step that people can take to in their own workspace, in their own companies? Let's say they have influence over that. Take that first step with those diversity and inclusion trainings. And so that they're good. So that it's not Mm. just, you know, the stuff from like 1997 where it's like, you know, some 
racism happened 400 years ago, but it's really identifying what's going on in the world now and how to make it better. Yeah. So I think just, again, when we have conversations, I know a lot of people hate the word white privilege. I know a lot of people hate the word privilege as a whole. When I do these type of trainings, I always come down to this idea of like who has what and who doesn't and how do we keep that system going, right? Who has access to what and who doesn't? Who gets to be their authentic self at work and who doesn't? Like there's so many more conversations that can be had beyond quote unquote diversity and just race. And I think we get stuck on race because that's the thing that is so prominent in society. For me, what these conversations really need to be about is who gets the opportunity to even, it it just says a lot to me in this moment that you have a white man who is telling society what they can and can't learn. That's, mm. that's where I stop. Like I stop at this place that I'm, I would even challenge people beyond the diversity conversation, the, the idea that you have the power to say, we're going to stop talking about these quote unquote minoritized experiences or these marginalized people's experiences in the workplace. That is a, for me, that's an abuse of privilege, right? Like that's, that's knowing and understanding what your power and privilege is that you have the, you have the goal to say that. For me, I think that that's what we really need to get down to is really thinking about who has the ability to do what in our society and who is abusing that in this moment. And what does that truly say about us as people when we start looking at the problems that we have in this world, specifically around this administration. Hmm. Another reason on a very, very long list of why we have to get rid of this administration, this administration has to go, that it, it has to be about voting, right? This is- Amen. This is, I had extensive conversations uh, over this past weekend and with with friends and online and whatever. And, and this is, no one has changed their mind. People feel no. how they feel. Mm-hmm. This is a numbers game. And it just has to be, I don't care where you live, you have to vote in November, or it's going to be more of this. 53 days. Oh, my God. That actually (laughs) makes me really happy. I mean, I I don't want (laughs) to jinx it, but 53 days, it's more exciting than Christmas. Um, Dr. John Paul (laughs) can be found at Dr. John Paul on Twitter and on Instagram, and their website is drjohnpaul.com. Uh, Dr. John Paul is a speaker, a writer, a social justice educator, and an incredible source of information if you're learning to educate yourself on social justice in this world, which I encourage everyone to do. I know I've learned a lot from you, Dr. John Paul, and we continue to every week. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. It's News That Are Lose a Time with Allie and James on Drop the Subject. I have two headlines. James has two headlines, but there is a problem. You can only hear one of these stories. You must news one of them and you will lose the other. Are you ready to hear your two options, James? You got to news it before you lose it. You got to news it, news it. Okay. I got to news it, news it. Here's your first headline. Jelly Belly founder will give away his candy factory as part of a golden ticket treasure hunt. Whoa, a la Willy Wonka. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I want to win uh, a candy yeah. factory. Okay. Uh, then you will not hear about Rihanna's electric scooter injury. She oh. is another, the latest person to be falling victim to the uh, electric bicycle, electric scooter, uh, um, um, I don't want to use the word pandemic because that's not accurate, but you know what I mean. <laughs> that's okay. She Rihanna texted me from the hospital. So like, I know what's going on. Perfect. Uh-huh. I believe you. Are you ready with your headlines? Uh-huh. Yes, I am. Uh, headline numero uno. Former housekeeper breaks silence about working in Ellen's hell house. Oh! Says, I just hated my life. <laughs> yeah, that is the one I really want to hear from. I will uh-huh. news it 100%. Okay, I'll ding the bell for you. Very good. Because what you lost, Allie, what you did not get to hear about was homeowners shocked after heavy rain reveals secret buried under backyard garden. You want to know what the secret is really fast? Yes. It's a pool. Oh, stop it. That's it. Apparently you- the house was so unkempt and over just overgrown that they didn't know that there was a whole ass pool underneath the garden in the backyard oh, i really want that to happen to me i don't have a backyard but if i did i really wouldn't want them to be <laughs> there to be a hidden pool um that's okay maybe i will be able to afford one because i will be partaking in this golden ticket uh jelly belly 
auction, basically. I got a golden ticket. Jesse, put in some golden ticket. Willy Wonka. He's got it. There it is. It's going. Okay. So the Jelly Belly guy, the main founder, is giving away. He's selling the farm. He's given up. He's done with Jelly Bellies, and he wants to pass his factory on to somebody. So he has announced this contest in a video message saying that the, a win, one lucky winner will walk away with the key to their very own candy factory. Uh, thousands of dollars in prizes are also up for grabs. Here's how you can win. So you pay $50. That's the first <laughs> That's it. Does this $50 go to something or to him? So you pay $50 to receive the riddle of the state that you live in. So you, uh, each state has a different, the, these golden tickets are hidden all over the U.S. Okay. Uh-huh. And if you get a golden ticket, it could be worth up to $5,000. And then you could, that means you're in the running to potentially win the candy factory. Whoa. So, like straight it, up Wonka. Yes. Straight up Wonka, except the other crappy thing is that it's not a gold ticket. It's actually a necklace with a code on it. <laughs> with a code? Yes. It's a necklace with a code on it. that, And it's a code that you need to verify your find. And then the winner get. And then once you do that, you get the five grand. Are they going to do the whole thing where everyone like stands and lines up outside the candy factory and like whatever? I don't know, man. Why can't we just do chocolate bars like that? Let, why are we? fixing something that's not broken he's already contributed so much to type 2 diabetes probably doesn't want to do it anymore ah got it would be my guess okay what what is your story i've I've completely taken over that's okay that's fine because we can do this very very quickly uh so and because i are you ready kind of don't believe this story i think someone's trying to capitalize off of ellen's summer like ellen's had a pretty rough year right as we all know and is well documented here on drop subject however a former housekeeper is speaking out to the Daily Mail in the UK. So you already have to be a little no. suspicious, right? The stuff that comes out in the Daily Mail, womp, womp, womp. But apparently, you know, before this individual took the position, people were telling her not to do it. She was told there was super high turnover and every morning workers were allegedly given an itemized list of all the things that they had done wrong the previous day. These were called violations, including serving food in the wrong bowl to <gasps> there's not enough froth in Ellen's Daily Latte. Okay, well, that is frustrating. <laughs> so apparently this person says sometimes it w- there would be 20 to th- 30 things that you did wrong every single day. And it was like the tiniest of details. A salt shaker turned the wrong direction. Are you kidding? Or like a light switch in, an, in a hallway left on or whatever. And she treated you like there were nothing. Apparently she lined people up every morning, gave everyone and did this in front of the other employees. And then whatever. So I don't, this seems almost too outlandish. Like I, I almost am tending to not believe this one because the person's being anonymous and it's in the daily mail and you could just make this stuff up about anybody. You're like, I need some receipts to believe this one. I mean, not having the salt shaker the right way does seem like something you would make up because nine times out of 10, those things don't have a front or a back. Well, I mean, unless all the salt shakers say Ellen on them or it's like pictures with her face and then she can tell. Because if you're that type of person, maybe everything in the house is like branded about you. It says you. meanest woman ever on all of the salt and pepper shakers. Oh. Uh, all right. When we come back, what do we have? Oh, exciting, exciting things. That's right. There's a new COVID fashion trend we'll tell you about when we come back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Or should I try again? Like Maskiyoki Gate. Ready? Let me put my mask back on. Oh, no. Don't say that. The, bo- the boss is going to kill us. <laughs> I, th- I think he already just like perked up from wherever he is around listening. He's and like, he's like, no, don't no. do it. No Maskiyoki more- was one of the greatest fails of this radio show. And I am <laughs> in, proud of it. In Channel Q history. I'm glad that you and I own that, right, Allie? Like uh, one of the greatest fails in Channel Q history. But that is okay. We will not do this segment with our masks on, but we will do it about masks. And there is a very interesting new trend going on, right? Leave it to us in the middle of a global pandemic and a racial social justice uh, reckoning to come up with a new fashion trend, Allie Johnson, and I'm kind of here for it. It's fashionable mask chains. 
like those old lady chains. And, you know, yes, uh, last week we learned from the 1950s. You know, we're always looking at the past to learn uh, about what is going on present day. And bringing back old lady glasses chains seems like a no brainer. When you look at some of the pictures here, I mean, I don't know what you do to keep your mask handy. I have gotten into the habit of extending the elastic and just wrapping it around my wrist like a weird bracelet. Uh huh. And so I'll walk around like if I'm walking on a trail or I'm walking out on the street, but I feel like I'm far enough away from people where I don't need to have my mask on. Uh I have just got it around my wrist so that if somebody's walking by, just whoop, 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 put it right back on. But if I was going to do old lady glasses chain, that would be even better because I wouldn't have to cut off the circulation in my wrists every day. (laughs) Or you presumably are touching your mask quite a bit. And ultimately, if we're really going by the book, especially if you've been around a lot of people or inside somewhere and wearing a mask, you should probably assume that there is some amount of coronavirus on the outside of your mask. Therefore, you should not be touching said mask. So when we are doing things, and I'm guilty of this too, by the way, but when we like put our masks on and then we don't really know where to put it, we take it off, we put it on, we pull it down, we take it off, we stuff it in our pocket, we do whatever, we're touching that mask. And then every single time we touch our mask, we need to be at least hand sanitizing, if not watching our hands. That is really annoying. But I think this is a brilliant solution for it. Plus, you can get all kinds of fancy and fashionable and like make a statement with it. You know, with the chain that is around the ear loops of your mask, and then you just drop it down, and it can be like match your ensemble. You know, like I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, it it can attach to your tie. There's so many different things you can do. You can go full necklace with it if you want to have some kind of a necklace that maybe has a tiny compartment where it's like a fold out mask. Yeah. Oh, see, look at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a bad idea. And. I was like, I was thinking Christmas gift. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, when you don't, there's a reason why we are seeing masks littering the floors Uh. and littering the streets because most people are keeping it in their pocket. And then when you go to get your mask where you take out your car keys, the mask inevitably falls out and onto the ground. And unless there's a giant mask and found for America, nobody's going to be getting those masks back. So we have to find ways to attach it to our bodies. The only thing that I've ever not lost, uh, actually, no, I did lose one before, but my Apple Watch, because it is attached to my body. Oh, you lost an Apple Watch? (sighs) You know what? I can't. If if Katie is listening, she's going to be angry with me for saying this, because yes, I did lose it. She she thinks it's my fault, Uh but I got a massage, and I swear the person stole it. (gasps) Whoa. You know, they are a little bit easier to steal than I think people realize. Because especially if you're like super relaxed in a massage and they're like working, you know, our forearms get super tight, whatever, you know, like those of us who lift, bruh. And like your <laughs> forearms get real tight. And so when then they're like working your forearms. Or and click on BuzzFeed quizzes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Forearms are really ripped are from huge. BuzzFeed Wait, quizzes. so then Katie's going to be mad at you. Did you... Did you buy a new Apple Watch and then pretend like you didn't lose it? Is that why? Or No, 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 no. She just thinks that I lost it. And my oh. argument is that I did because she thinks I lose everything. Oh. So she's like, you've lost your Ray-Bans. You've lost this. You've lost that. And I, I, this is my one thing that I'm like, I did not lose this. I was in the room. I was getting a massage. The power went out <laughs> in the building. Conveniently. Right. So then we all had to leave. I left kind of in a weird fluster and then walked to my car and realized, oh, crap, I left my Apple Watch upstairs, went back upstairs, and they said, we we don't even know what you're talking about. There's no Apple Watch in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, there is. So it's it's a it's a recurring conversation that happens <laughs> in our household. Well, this will at least help you from losing your mask, Allie. That's true. I will not lose my mask. I will get one of these changed. I mean, they're anywhere from $20 to $108. So I think I'll be going into the $20 uh, dollar oh, region. No. Use some old shoes and use the shoestring from an old shoe and tie it around. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be good to go. Cut off the clips. There's your DIY budget face mask necklace trend. We bring it to you only here on Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Uh, it has been a lovely, lovely Wednesday with you, Drop the Subject listeners. As always, we do love it when you reach out to us and let us know what is going on in your world and what you think we are doing well or not. If it's bad, it's always Jesse's fault. Remember that. But just let us know either way, at DTS Show on social media. And it is Wednesday and we always do the GMA. Allie, there was, you know, in, in, when dating... 
there's people have these like, well, it's kind of a yellow flag. I didn't like that she said that and that or someone is just like, oh, like I just, you know, I'm on the sex offender list or something like that's a red oh my flag, God. right? Yeah, like, that is a solid red. The biggest of red flags. So we're there. Spe- red so knowing about red flags, what was there some rainbow flags for you when you were younger that were sort of like, hey, hey, you. Hey, you might be uh, a little bit queer. Ah, what a fantastic question for the Gay MA. Yes, we're closing out the show with the Gay MA today. And if you, I would love to hear from you on what your answers would be. What were your rainbow flags? James mentions red flags and dating. What is your rainbow flag? Mine would have to be when I was six years old, I had a best friend named Emily. And our go to game was ma- getting married and <laughs> kissing each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, do yeah and nobody taught me that. It's not like I saw anybody being all wedding gay on TV or anything of that nature when I was six or five or whatever very young age I was and we would like literally kiss each other and get married every single day and it was the best game I never got sick of it and now looking back major rainbow flag huge 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 rainbow flag um oh that's very cute did did Emily go on to be a member of the family do you know you know I have no idea I don't know her last name I don't know where she came like i can't even remember where i was friends with her from you like, don't whether even it was from remember school. the last name of your first wife Allie. come on no i, I know i married her seven thousand times and i took <laughs> i probably took her name and i don't even remember it <laughs> yeah how dare you oh that's super cute what's yours i think well i, I had about forty-seven thousand. i do i do remember that um so earlier this is a very classic one and again we're not trying to like stereotype whatever but this is just my experience the i I would always, my sister and I would always sort of play with Jem and Barbie and G.I. Joe all the time. And so I would- Jem? Jem. Like Jem dolls. Do you remember Jem? I love Jem. Jem is excitement. Ooh, yeah. Jem is adventure. Yeah, and the movie sucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the cartoon was amazing. Yep. Glamour, glitter, fashion, and fame. Jem. So- And then the misfits, they're arch nemeses. They are. We are the misfits. We're going to get them. I would always make sure that the misfits and the gem dolls, whatever, because of course I had some misfits, were always looked really fabulous before we went into war. Like I would do their hair, I would like put on all of their like outfits, and I like they had to look fierce before we went into battle with the GI Joes or the Barbies, because you know it was always like gem versus Barbie. Um, so that was one. One of the other, one of the other ones. Would I always? This is a very so kind of a, like a black thing, I think, but. Um, I think it's John Lee Hooker has a really famous song called um, I Love the Way You Swish. And I love the way you walk. And he's telling this whole song about this woman who has this really distinctive walk. And when she walks, her booty goes back and forth and it's her swish. And I very distinctly remember being a small child and my dad singing that song and being like, Jim Bob, you got kind of a swish, too. And I was like, oh, I sure do have a swish. And I noticed that all the other boys don't have a swish. And <laughs> I don't know what this means because I was like eight. But I was like, I got a swish. And and to this day, I, one of the very distinctive physical characteristics of me is I have a very, very large posterior that swishes when I walk. Oh, that is adorable. I love your swish swish. Isn't it funny? Me, I was running forward. Like my head was like way before my knees and I would be like, and I (laughs) had like the same maroon t-shirt on for like 17 days in a row. And my hair was like quaffed with hair gel. It was very strange. Uh Uh, So there you go. Those are some of our rainbow flags. Always good to talk about. And if you have any rainbow flags that you would like to share with us, please do so at DTS show. We're going to take off for the day, but tomorrow you can look forward to Gay Gay or Cray Cray, a fascinating chat with Dr. Jen about how not to compare yourself to past versions of you. And we talk emotional allergies. So all that to look forward to tomorrow. We'll see you then. Say goodbye, James. Oh, goodbye, James. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.